Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. The Sickest Montreal Canadiens Podcast. <laughs> there is a ball! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoins, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est la mauvaise! Et ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. Stanley pour les Canadiens. Le fac troisième de l'histoire. You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's gonna be sick. Marinero, the sick podcast. Let me see if I still know how to do this again because the last time I did it was back on, uh, was it six days ago? But here I am live from Portugal. As you can tell, the backdrop isn't uh, the exact same backdrop that I have back home which is a pretty nice backdrop. Thank you very much with, uh, you know, graffiti of the sick pack, the sick podcast all over my walls. And this is, uh, I don't know, it's a patio door. It is what it is. We're going to try and make what we can of it. I am uh, in Portugal. And uh, so uh, once again, uh, the last podcast for me was back on the 28th of December. So it's my first opportunity on the sick podcast. That is to wish you all a very, very happy new year. And I wish you nothing but uh, health and happiness to all of you watching and all of you listening, because pretty much everything else is secondary. The Sick Podcast, of course, brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, named by the Financial Times as one of America's fastest-growing companies in 2023, recognized by the Globe and Mail as a top-growing Canadian company for two years in a row. They work with some of the biggest Fortune 500 companies, providing end-to-end logistics services. Join a winning team and check out Energy's career page for available opportunities. The Sick Podcast also brought to you in part by Playground where I'm hearing even here in Portugal that the, the party that took place at Playground on New Year's Eve um, was one for the ages. Experienced a world-renowned poker experience with free food and drinks at their cash game tables. That's right. This is one casino where you get free food and drinks at your cash game table. A bad beat jackpot that's already over $700,000 after the world record-setting amount of $2 million. $590,000 was won back on August the 2nd. Weekly promotions, daily tournaments, unmatched customer service, why play anywhere else located just over the Mercia Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal Playground. Also brought to you in part by Accent Insurance Solutions, a new sponsor as of last month to the Sick Podcast. And you all know that insurance isn't created equal, and you know where to find the right solution for you Accent Insurance. Accent doesn't sell insurance, they shop it for you to find the right product. Right on the money, whatever your insurance needs, home, automobile, or business. And it's funny because every time I see the Accent phone number that comes up here on the screen, I think of my buddy Sergio Momesso, who wore number 36 because the number to call is 514-363-3636. And I don't have one with me, unfortunately, but brewed in Quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards, 
The Sick Podcast is also brought to you in part by Labitta TB, offering quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. Labitta TB, embrace your true nature. I don't know if he's ever had to wait about uh, three or four minutes before saying hello, but uh, the Sick Podcast is growing, and so is our list of sponsors. My first opportunity on camera to say hello to former NHLer, Philippe Boucher, comment ça va? Hello, ça va bien toi? Good to see you. Ça va très, très bien. It's good to see yeah. you as well, my man. Happy New Year to you and yours. Yeah, same to you and the people listening in Portugal. Hey, right? that's nice. I got, got to watch a little soccer over there. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, my son, Game. who plays U19 down here, yeah. um, who's been here since the 9th of July, uh, he came back to Montreal on the 17th of December. We spent um, uh, about 11 or 12 days together. And on the 29th, he flew out and I decided to fly out with him. Uh, so I'm going to be nice. spending a couple of weeks here. I'll watch a couple of his games, one on the 6th Good. and one on the 13th, and then I'll be back on the 14th. So That's impressive. Good luck. Thank you very much. I am uh, about 15 kilometers south of Braga, and it's Good. a real nice town, a real nice place. Everything's nice here. Everything's yeah. 15 degrees today. I had a chance to watch practice. It was nice, and uh, it yeah. wasn't too cold. It was good. It was good. Yeah. All right. A little chillier so, here. Uh, yeah. Listen, the uh, three-game losing streak is a thing of the past. Yeah. And so is the seven-game road trip, which was split up in yeah. uh, in two, of course, because some games were before the Christmas holidays and some games after the Christmas holidays. A road trip that saw the Canadians go 500. Yeah. Well, Boucher, if I would have told you before the road trip that the Canadians were going to go 500, I think you would have taken it, would you not? Oh, I would have taken it, and I, I doubted it. There's, no, I thought there was no chance they would go 500. As, as a veteran player on a team... It would have been tough for me to look at that schedule and say, well, this is going to be fun. This is going to be an easy road trip. There's no easy seven-game road trip, but you want to be with your family. You want to be with your close ones. And I'm sure Montreal, I'm sure the Canadians arrange a few things for the players to be comfortable for Christmas. I know, I know the Christmas break was a little bit longer, but when you look at the opponent that he played, Winnipeg wasn't a sure win. The Wild wasn't a sure win. Chicago was the must-win, the only must-win game or available game of that road trip that you you could potentially say Montreal is going to win that one. That was that was it. When you go to Florida, it's not it's not easy these days. And then when you go to Dallas, I watched the entire game last night. Uh, Dallas is a very good team, and it, you know it was it was a, a false start for the Canadians, but Montembeau was outstanding. Thanks to him last night. But uh, uh, it's nice to see that they can go on the road. They can compete against very good team. They can stay in the hunt for a playoff. I'm not saying they're a playoff team, but uh, at least we're talking about it. Maybe they're going to get to put a standing in the locker room sooner or later to, hey, guys, you know, maybe you, you, we didn't believe it. People don't believe it, but we're in this together. Why not try to make a push? Why not try to get into the playoffs? A lot of that will be will go along with what management's going to decide to do. Now, if they trade Monaghan, Savard, and a couple other guys, it's going to be tougher for them to get a chance to, to make a push for the playoffs. But I, I like what I see. I like the compete level. It wasn't perfect last night. Even Martin St. Louis said, no, the last five yeah. minutes were tough. And I like what he said. My team is learning. I'm learning. I like the coach saying that. I'm learning. And then, uh, But we got the two points, and it's a good road trip. And that's off to them. I, I didn't believe they could do it. It at, was at this time of the year, at any time of the year. For that yeah. matter, with a tough road trip like that. It, it was a victory sign. Samuel Montembeau yeah. who was the first star in the hockey game. I mean, the Montreal Canadiens almost got doubled yeah. in your shots in last, night, last night's game. But what I liked, yeah. Phil, about the win last night was Montembeau made the yeah. big saves at the right time. 
he made some big saves when they were up to one. Um, and uh, he made other big saves. I, I think at three, one, he may have made another couple mm -hmm. of big ones. I'm going to try and get to them in a second. Yeah. But he got run support last night, right? He got run support. He got a little bit of yeah. everything. He got five-on-five five goals. They, he got goals from his offense. He got goals from his defense. They scored goals on the counter. They scored a goal in the power play. Yeah. So, Pretty look, he was, he was the best player for the Canadians last night. Uh, and he was the first star. Yeah. But he didn't only steal it, right? I mean, they, they were worthy uh, in a way. Look, once again, he was the best player. If yeah. he's average last night, they lose. But there was there were a lot of positives. It wasn't only Montembeau. Well, uh, you know that that's a tough goal to give up early in the game, right? It wasn't his fault. And then what do you do after that? Well, you stand tall, you make saves, and the the, the team in front of him played really well. The shots really got out of hands because when you play against a very Dallas is a very good team. Their goalie wasn't very good, but Dallas is a very good team. And when they go all offense, you're going to give up some shots. You, you have to. You know, they took the goalie out with six. 38 left, I think, in the yeah. third. So you're yeah. going to give up a lot of shots. So most of those shots came in the second half of the game and mainly in the third. But what I like is the, the end. Montabo made the key saves after the first goal, made key saves throughout the game, but the answered really well. And Slavkovsky played a hell of a game last night. Only one assist, but he was on the Aris goal. He was the one on the back check. And on the power play goal, he's the one that makes a smart play at the blue line to get the puck down low to allow later on after a couple passes, Coolfield to score. So Slavkovsky was very good. And I have to bring him up. Stefan Robida, he was there last night uh, behind the bench. An old teammate of mine in Dallas. I know that game meant a lot to him because, you know, we spent a lot of years there together. Yeah. But what about his group of defensemen? Like, honestly, to take a coach from – and I had no doubt Stefan could do it. But to go get a coach in midget AAA, when you have a coach coming from the peewee level, right? We talked a lot about that. We know Martin saying that we now can coach. And nope, yeah. I, not too many people were downing it. Uh, it, it was out of the box. But when you go get uh, Stefan Robida, a, a professional, played at all level, worked with Toronto, worked in the midget level, had success at that level, comes to the NHL, and you see his group of defensemen play like that. I, I had doubts that they could uh, sustain the pressure all year long being too young. Savard helps a lot since Savard has been back. They're playing much better back there. But to allow them to play, to encourage them to go up on the rush and, and to, to be able to contribute offensively without costing too much defensively, but to contribute offensively. Thank God for that this year because Montreal yeah. is not scoring a lot of goals. So if it's not for the push that those these are making with the help of Stefan Robida, Montreal doesn't get back into that game uh, last night, and uh, we don't talk about them being four or five points out of the playoff spot right now. 30 goals from their defensemen yeah. thus far Incredible. this season. 30 goals. Yeah. Tops in the National Hockey League ahead of Colorado. Yeah. That's really something. And, hey, who would have guessed that? Nobody. Nobody would have said that. We all like the youth. We all like the players. Madison is a good offensive player. Even Savard is contributing offensively. Barron, I did not see Barron being able to pick up the slack at some point offensively. Uh, and he has been scoring some goals, but it, it, everybody has goals on the back end, which is truly amazing to see. Uh, you know, Harris, I, that's a big goal for him because, yeah. I, look, I don't think one goal is going to change mm -hmm. where his career is or where it's going to go. But mm -hmm. because Trouble has been playing so well and because the yeah. Canadians have so many quality defensemen and they have more on the way, yeah. Um, we're all talking about you can't keep them all at one point and someone's yeah. going to be expendable. 
And we've been wondering what Harris's X factor is. And his X factor is that he's a smart player. That's his X factor. Yeah. But the downside to his game is very little offense. Yeah. And yesterday, you talked about it, starting with Slavkowski on the back check, who's able to tie up a man. There's a loose puck. The puck goes the other way, yeah. and Harris is off to the races, and he goes on the counter. A left-handed shot playing the right side. Yeah. And a quick wrist shot. You know, uh, I don't think the goalie expected Jordan Harris to shoot, probably. Probably oh. knew his stats. He looked away. But, the old look away. Yeah, but that's uh, that's right. Look one way and then shoot. Surprise yeah. the keeper. And, and and so there's there's something there offensively that we saw last night that we yeah. haven't seen yet this year. But there's something there. Well, I think there is. And it was a beautiful. There's two places where you can score. Short side, top shelf. A lot of people will say, oh, those are bad goals. They're barely unstoppable. And stick side over the pad below the blocker is a perfect shot. That was yesterday a perfect shot in that goal. And can he bring up the numbers offensively? Uh, I'm not sure he can. Uh, will he ever be a first power play guy? I don't think so. Can he be a Don Sweeney for the people that, uh, you know, like Don Sweeney is a good GM. I played with him. Can he be a guy that That's a good gives one, by you the way. 15, 16 minutes, good skater, gets involved physically a little bit. And finds a partner. Like who's gonna who's gonna become the number one D in Montreal and the number two D in Montreal remains to be seen. And who's gonna be a good fit with that guy? Hey, if he becomes the fit for Gooley, he's gonna play in eight hundred games in Montreal. If he can find a chair next to him, can he be that? I don't know. One thing for sure, we talked a lot, and everybody talked a lot about Jaikai going to Laval. We don't talk about that anymore as much anyway. Uh, and then I was. One of those things, okay, we'll see when Harris comes back. How much do they like him? How much do they believe in him? And it, there was no no sending him to Laval. There was a chance to send him there. Send him for nope. conditioning. Bring back Jack. I know you're ready. You're healthy. You're back in the lineup. Go have some fun. Enjoy yourself. That's how much the, the coaching staff and the organization, organization believes in him. And that confidence that they show in him uh, shows on the ice right now because he was very good last night. If last night's ice time is an indication... Yeah. Uh, Harris is a regular, there's no doubt about it. And yeah. the guys who had the least amount of ice time last night were Kovacevic and yeah. Justin Barron. And uh, the fact that Harris doesn't have the least amount of ice time, once again, with a left-handed yeah. shot playing on the right mm -hmm. side, that says a lot about what they think about his game. And, yeah. um, uh, you know, I, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. Yeah. Uh, Kovacevic, I think, is going to be in trouble. I mean, uh, he might, you know. he might, and and Baron. Honestly, last night they took the lead, so you don't need Baron as much to be in the game. Once he yeah. took the lead, uh, it's pretty amazing that Robota was able to play all those guys. I hated to play with seven Ds, and I hated the coach. When I was a coach, I was a head coach, but I did not like dressing seven guys on the back end. All those guys were almost at thirteen minutes, so that twelve and a half and more. But yeah. I agree with you. I think Kovacevic could be in trouble. If he can't find a partner, just like I said for for Harris, yeah, Baron, as many goals as he scored, if the group of these keeps scoring and they don't need him as an offensive weapon, I think he might fall out of favor. Uh, even though I like him a lot, I, I I almost drafted him in Quebec, and I've seen his junior career, and my son played with him in Colorado. He's a great kid. Uh, it might be hard for him when everybody is healthy, uh, and if we keep some veterans around. I wish, I hope they are. I hope they are going to keep some veterans around. 
then Baron could be the one falling out of favor. If they don't dress, who, who's out if they don't dress 7D's next game? Yeah, one of the a couple comments, of a couple of forwards up, right? Or of, if Ender, yeah. I don't think Anderson will play, but one of the uh, we'll get to Josh uh, Anderson yeah. in just a minute, of course, because uh, last night with the score yeah. of four one, um, he he seemed to have either tweaked his right ankle or right knee. Yeah. Uh, he favored that right leg going yeah. off taken to the locker room, didn't return, still no word because the Canadians were on an off day today uh, as they prepare to take on the Buffalo Sabres uh, tomorrow and then the New York Rangers on Saturday. So they're back home for a couple of games and they'll go back on the road for one. But, you know, earlier you said we're not talking about Jack Eye anymore. And we're not talking about Jack Eye anymore. And the reason why we're not talking about Jack Eye anymore is Jaden Struble. Yeah. Now, Jaden Struble, they eased him into the lineup. Mm-hmm. They didn't give him too much. They gave him just enough. And they did that for a while. And then they took a next step and they gave him a little bit more. And then they did that for just a while. And then they gave him the next step and they gave him a little bit more. Struble last night was 72, se- uh, pardon me, 62 seconds of ice time mm-hmm. off of Gooley. As yep. the third most used Canadians defenseman, of course, Matheson was one. Gooley was two. 62 seconds off of Gooley. Isn't that something? Listen, the, I, I watched more games this year. Obviously, I was running a junior hockey team last year and doing a little media, and I didn't have time to watch in depth uh, all the games. But Montreal, when, when they, they bring up, there's always a plan behind whatever they do, right? So Harris. For them, he's a lock. He's an NHL player. We don't need to send him to Laval. There's a message being sent to Jack Eye, probably sending him down there. Because for me, if Jack Eye is going to be just a tough guy and the guy playing the second power play, he's going to need to be able to be on the ice against top top lines, top teams at key moments. And that's a problem that Jack Eye had. That's why he's in Laval and he's going to play some minutes there. But Struble comes in. They knew exactly what they had. They needed to be patient, to learn the pro, the pro level, the pro system, be on the bus in the American Hockey League a little bit, come to the NHL, get a, a feel of the water a little bit, but they know what they have. And now what Struble can do, he can go into Dallas and play against Pavalski and play against the top guys. And that's it took a little bit of time. They, they protected him a little bit, but he was very good last night. He's very good on this road trip. He's a, he's a big body, big boy. Don't think he's as tough as as, uh, as Jack Eye can be, but there's not as much fighting in the NHL. And he, he's proving to everyone right now uh, that he's an NHL caliber player. And he's to me, he's ahead of Jack Eye. He's ahead of Harris. Uh, he's I'm not going to say he's ahead of Gooley. I like Gooley a lot. Hopefully, he can challenge Gooley to be the the best young defenseman within the organization and moving forward. But uh, it's pretty impressive because again, I. I was very busy before. I didn't watch as many hockey yeah. games. I can't say I really knew Struble from the from the the college game because I wasn't involved at that level. I know most of the junior players and hats off for for them to sign him to to take time to let him play over yeah. there uh, and to grow into grow into this body. Takes a little take a little bit of experience down in Laval, and now he's an NHL player already. You know, both uh, you and I are collaborators on the GEC uh, Jean Charles yeah. show on TVA Sport. And Jean Charles was probably the first one to bring it up. And he said he sees Jack Eye as a fourth line winger. And mm-hmm. um, 
a, a lot of people didn't like the suggestion. I I didn't mind it. Uh, I thought yeah. I thought there was something there. There have been a lot of tough guys who ended up going switching from defense to the wing. And if you can play defense, you can play the wing. And, um, you know, and there's been a lot of tough guys on defense who ended up staying defensemen. Okay. So, you know, some people like the suggestion, some people do not, but I take a look at Struble on the left side right now. Let's not forget that even Harris, even though Harris is playing on the right side, he is a left-handed shot. Um, you got Michael Matheson mm -hmm. on the left side. You got Gooley on the left side. Um, you got Lane Hudson coming. Mm -hmm. You have um, on, on the right side, you have uh, Kovacevic right now and Barron, who, yes, could be expendable. Uh, David Savard, who might be at yeah. one point. You'll have Logan Mayu and David Reinbacker, you know, waiting in the wings. I I don't think we, I I don't think the suggestion of Jacki on the wing is as crazy as some yeah. people think it is. There's uh there's one through NHL right-handed defenseman. It's Savard. Is he going to be around? I like Kovacevic, but you know, and so. If you're not able to to be a left-handed defenseman that can go switch to play on the right side and find a home like Harris is doing, it's going to be tough to crack that lineup because, like he just uh, you said it really well, there's a lot of depth at that level. So, could you uh, bring him up to to be a left winger and to to replace Pedzetta because you don't need two? Pedzetta, I've always worried. I've always I've always wondered why is he always in Montreal? Never, never a doubt that he's going to be in Montreal. Obviously, he must be very good in the locker room. And I've had a lot of teammates that were very good in the locker room, and they played a role. There's not that much fighting in the NHL, but when needs be, he's there. And he played a really good game last night. To be honest, yeah. he was very, very good. Pezzetta last night, I watched him a little bit close, uh, closer than I usually do. He's very effective. Could Jack I do that? Could Jack? Does he have the skating? The ability to finish hits, obviously the toughness, there's no doubt. Yeah. Uh, it, at some point, if if he wants to be in the NHL, he's going to have to be better than all their left-handed defensemen that you mentioned, and it's going to be tough. So Montreal is going to have assets to move out, right? So whenever in a year or two they want to improve the team, they'll have some good young players to move. Could uh, could could he move up back in the ranks? Maybe. Could he be used on the left wing? Well, I guess we, we could know the answer fairly soon because there's we finished the game with 10 forwards last night. So if they want to try it, uh, I think some guys would be a little bit mad in Laval, right? If Joshua Wad doesn't get called up or whoever is playing well down there, or, uh, yeah. there's a Einemann or, or whatever. But could you try him now? That would give us the answer, but uh, to me, to me, I don't, I don't hate the suggestions. They make a whole lot of sense, especially 15 years ago when some guys were really switched from defense to forward to be that big body that would fight a lot up front. I don't hate the idea. I don't say it makes no sense at all. It does make some sense, but as long as you have Pezzetta there, and and if you do it now, it basically means you give up on him on it as a defenseman and. I think you, you got to give him a little bit of time. You got to give but, him a little bit of time you, on the back but end. It, but, it, but if you do it now, so let's just say 
there's no plans to trade Michael Matheson in the next couple of years. So then yeah. Matheson's a lock. Mm-hmm. And then Gooley's a lock. And the way Struble is playing, he's a lock. Struble's a lock. Yeah. Uh, and so... That's a good uh, left hand. That, that's three good D you got on that side okay, already. So then at that point, and, and Jack, I can't play on the other side. No. So at that point, I know if you say if you switch him now, you're giving up on him. But if you switch him now, I can make the argument that you're probably giving him a head start for what's to come. It could be. It could be. Well, we're not. We're, is there any calls around the league for him right now? Could could they move him? Because obviously, no. you don't want to. No. You you don't want to keep a, a guy that can play. Because he, he proved to us last year on a on a on a very average team that he could play in the NHL. He's Some an NHLer for sure. Good. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. a he's a borderline NHL on. Uh, Listen, he, he could play Montreal. Montreal drafted a lot of defensemen. They've done a good job, but on a, on a on a team that's struggling, I don't see him playing Dallas or, or or I don't know. But on a few teams, he could be an NHL player. But um, but all of those organizations are spending time with their own guys to trying to make them a good player. So they're not going to give him away. They're not going to give him yeah. up. They're not going to move him for a fifth round pick because he played in the NHL. He's as tough as they come. They're hard to find. Uh, to me. I would. I'd like to be in the office and and, and to, to see what they're what they're thinking. Why they sent him there to play big minutes? It was a message when they never put him on the power play. We all thought he was going to be there for a couple of games and come back. Well, he's still down there right now. We're playing seven guys here that are playing fairly well. Uh, you, you could be right. I'm just struggling. To me, uh, unless it was brought up to him, um, unless he's offering it, and he knows that it it's it might be coming. It could be devastating for him to be put on the left side because he he has all the rights to believe that. Hey, listen, I'm a defenseman. I played in the NHL. I can help a team. I love Montreal. People love me in Montreal. But if it's not going to work out here, let me go somewhere else where I can be a defenseman. Let's, uh, if we can, recap a couple of uh, you know key moments in last night's game. You talked yeah. about giving up a goal early on, eleven seconds yeah. in. Michael Matheson, of course, mishandles the puck behind the net yeah. and ends up in front and bang, bang, boom. All of a sudden, it's one nothing for Dallas. Um, Matheson, I guess the tape doesn't lie, right? He is who he is. He's going to overhandle the puck because he likes yeah. to handle the puck a lot. So when you handle the yeah. puck a lot, you're going to end up overhandling it from time to time. And from time to yeah. time, you're going to end up doing special things with the, with the puck. Um, I guess you're Marty St. Louis, you're, you're, you're Stefan Robida. You close your eyes because at the end of the night, you know that you're going to get, yeah. you're going to be on the positive side of things. You're going to get more than. Yeah, I, I think so. He, he yeah. does. He's been asked a lot of it. It's weird to say that where Montreal does not have a quarterback. They don't have a guy to play the first power play, but we have 30 goals from the back end, which it's kind of, it's kind of. It's kind of weird to say that, but for now, he's, he's been asked to take pressure off of a lot of guys offensively on the power play. And sometimes when you do take a lot of chances, when you get back five on five, man, I'm not sure he's a number one power play guy, but when you get back five on five, you, you tend to take too many chances. I think, re- I think maybe his stick was touched on that one, or I'm not sure it was all him throwing the puck in, in the front of the net. I think he was, he was touched a little bit. But uh, I like what he brings, and I, I think more than anything, the coaches – Probably we would would tell us what he brings to the locker room is very important. Also, he's proud to be in Montreal. He's proud to wear the jersey. He's he's eating up a lot of minutes, right? He, he played last night. He won. The, he only played only about twenty one minutes last night. It's not too much because the rest of the team played pretty well. Obviously, he had seven guys, but 
when they were when they had injuries and when some guys were struggling, he he was the one playing 27, 28 minutes, not not saying anything, taking a lot of the heat. So I think what he brings on the ice to me is is more unacceptable. It's actually fairly good. It comes with mistakes, but what he brings to the locker room, uh, Suzuki is a good leader. He's playing really well, by the way. We don't talk yeah. about him all that much, but uh, he's playing really well. But he needs help on the leadership side. Side and not just from Gallagher. He needs help from Monaghan. He needs help from Madison. Savard being back in the lineup is going to help a lot. So I like what he brings. You know, and it comes with a mistake here and there. But uh, as an older defenseman, you you can make some here and there if you produce. Uh, when I see Barron making some mistakes, I just wonder how, how much longer they're going to accept some of those mistakes from from on his end. You um. You talked about Suzuki, and I look at this season, and the Canadians yeah. are five points out of a wild card spot, mm-hmm. and um, which is which is pretty admirable. I think it's pretty cool. I, I I see Suzuki, and it's been like this up and down, up and down. I see yeah. Caulfield, and it's been up and down, up and down. Uh, at times, okay, not recently, not in the last month, but Slavkowski was up and down too, where. You know, you would see a bright spot, and then all of a sudden, for seven or eight games, everyone in the city was was asking yeah. whether when they're going to send them down to Laval. But uh, Matheson, it's it's been it's been up and down, and it's funny because when Suzuki is on the way he's been on over the last little while, and Caulfield has scored in three straight games, yeah. no one asks if they're first line players, and yeah. then they go in those down moments where Suzuki's got a point in six games and Caulfield hasn't scored in six. Yeah. And then everyone's, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, uh, Caulfield is a second line player and uh, Suzuki is a second line player, but um, it's just, well, well, there, pain, there, I guess, right. It is. And then it, it, he played 22, 22 and a half minutes last night, the most used player. And he would have been used that as that much, even if they played with 12 forwards at the end of the game, he's the guy that they yeah. use the most. I think Suzuki's had, he's having a good year. When when production is a little bit lower, sometimes you have to look on his wing, right? Cofield has been struggling and all that. And they don't have the help. As Cofield struggle, it's not like you bring Brett Hall on his on his side. Like you know, when when in Detroit you had Brett Hall and Luke Robitaille on the fourth line, they could move them up to to Steve Eiserman on the first line, and he could keep producing. When Cofield doesn't produce, then Suzuki, it's a little bit harder for him, but. I think he's been having a good year. He's learning the ropes about being playing against top guys, playing big minutes, uh, uh, being the captain on on a team that's um, let's say that it's moving up. And then, uh, but when when we talk about Cofield, I think the last time about two weeks ago we did a podcast together, and then and I talked about it on GC two a little bit. And Martin saying we all oh, no no we're we're asking him to be more reliable defensively. Bullshit. No, no, they were not asking him to be more responsible defensively. Martin Saint Louis was covering up for Cofield that was struggling. You want Cofield to struggle goal to score goals. Sorry, you want him to to be a, a, a top guy offensively. You don't need him to block shots and to kill pallies. He was protecting him and trying to teach him to go inside. And what he's doing recently, he's scoring all those goals, you know, within about five or ten feet of the net. And if he can start doing that. He's going to be a threat on the power play. He's going to be a threat on the one-timer when he pops in and out of there. But he was way too predictable staying in the Ovechkin spot where Ovechkin scored 800 goals that way. But he doesn't have that shot. He doesn't. He has a good shot, but he doesn't have the players to set him up. So what they were trying to get him to do is to go inside. And funny things happen, right? On his birthday, he got the score goal last night. A couple yeah. tip-ins, a couple goals on the back end. Because he's so gifted. 
Like give him a puck around the net, he's gonna put it in. It just yeah, you saw that in Tampa when he uh, when he uh, stripped exactly. uh, Stamkos of the it, puck. It takes yeah? Nothing for him to score a goal. So it's just a t it's gonna hurt a little bit more. It's a process to get him to go there because it's fun to on the power play to be on your one timer and to wait for the puck. I I got to do that for two years with uh, Zubov yeah. and 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 uh, and uh, and Ribeiro, and it was fun. I, all I had to do was stay there, and they would bring all everybody over there and give it to me. I was all by myself. If I missed the goalie, it was a goal. But they don't have that that the top 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 talent to to free him on that side. So now he's going inside. Now he's getting rewarded, and they do look like a number one line on uh, on a good team. That that power play goal yeah. started with Slavkovsky. I think it was down to Suzuki to Monahan to Caulfield. It was beautiful. Correct. That's as that's Correct. as textbook as it gets. It was is yeah. very very good. You brought uh, up Ribeiro, I think. I think Mike had an 83-point season in Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. I mean, huge yeah. numbers. Um, more than a point a game, but no yeah. one ever considered him a number one centerman. So you see some yeah. people say, well, if you get a point a yeah. game, you're a number one center. Well, Ribeiro yeah. did, and he was a considered Well, we had Modano on the team. So whenever they have yeah. Suzuki and, and a healthy Kirby Doc that pushes him as a number one or number yeah. two, or whoever can come in to do that, then you become a much better team. Fitting that the captain, Nick Suzuki, scores the first Montreal Canadiens yeah. goal of 2024. Nick Suzuki, who you saw him wire a pass from Slavkovsky, who I think has a better shot than yeah. probably even he thinks he does. Slavkovsky? Uh, Suzuki. Suzuki has a good shot. He's a, he's, a, he's a pass. I think he wants to be a pass-first kind of guy because yeah. he wants – I think He's a leader. He's a good man. When Caulfield struggles, he feels the pain. He wants to help him. So he's looking. He's looking a little bit too much. But he scored a lot of goals on that power play, just coming on, not on his one-timer side, but just in a look away and ripping it up top. He has a very good shot. He's, now we like to compare him to, to Patrice Bergeron. Is If he's ever dead good, Montreal is going to win a lot of hockey games. It's a lot of pressure to compare him. But Bergeron was like that too. He could pass, he could shoot. You never knew what he was going to do. Sakic was like that. Eiserman was like that. And I think, and, and you would think they're pass first kind of guy. And all of a sudden, boom, it's in the back of the net. And Suzuki, a lot of those guys, I think it, it, they're lacking a little bit of confidence and playmaking abilities around them. I think Slavkowski's a hell of a playmaker. Once he finds his confidence, he's going to set up a lot of goals. And then, same thing for him. He has a hell of a shot. Just doesn't know how to use it just yet. Man, did he look comfortable in setting up Suzuki on that goal? Yeah. Um, you know that that tied it at one. Um, yeah. You know he just head up, saw Suzuki, mm. and um, it just it seems like he's starting to find open ice too. Right, he's winning puck battles. Yeah. It seems like when he does pick up the puck, there's there's a lot of room where before the room used to close in on him. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, there's a lot of room. And I, I his confidence has never been higher right now. The I have I have nothing in this game, right? I'm not a Montreal Canadian fans, but we talk about hockey every day. So it's it's a lot more fun to talk about in a positive way. And then when you look at him go, I think he has all the abilities to be the best player in the Montreal Canadiens. And what I like is his attitude. I, like I, I watched his interview after the game, and he's having fun. And he's just a kid. Yeah. He is. He, he is a kid. Like remember when you were? I played in the NHL when I was nineteen. It wasn't easy, right? I was kind of lost, not not too sure what to do, and 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 I wasn't a number one overall pick with the pressure of being in Montreal. It seems like he's having fun, and, and it's is if Montreal want to have a good team, a lot of it is going to have to go through him. It's fun. 
it's fun to see a player grow. And it, it, we, everybody knew with a big body player, you need to be patient. But sometimes those big body players, there's two things that can happen. They become what they're supposed to be. They become what Martin Lapointe and the scouting staff of Montreal saw in him, and they become a Joe Thornton or or a, a very good NHL player. Or they were just too big and too strong at the peewee bantam midget junior level, and then everybody's catching up. I think for for him, Savkowski, it's him. It's it's to catch up to his body, catch up to his size, and learn what to do with it, and have fun, and then. Everything is going to yeah. come out. And I think we're starting to see a lot come out right now. Confidence, patience. Uh, the back check yesterday on Harris' goal was 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 great. Yeah, Played big minutes, was on the ice. And yeah, I wish he could have been a little bit more selfish. He could end the game a lot early. I think it was at 4-1. He had the puck at the red line. It looked like he was well, with an empty net. He was kind of looking for someone. Just go get a goal. Because once you get one or two, I think they'll be, they'll be – there will be eventually no stopping him with a good team. He's going to be a very, very good top six player. And it's yeah. fun to see it happening slowly, but surely. Uh, with so, the so said this often in the last three or four weeks, but I'll say it again. I think it's safe to say that Jeff Gordon, Kent Hughes and Marty St. Louis were right. That yeah. the development for path for Slavkovsky was, was Montreal and mm-hmm. Montreal was the right choice. And there's a lot of people who thought that it was not the right choice. And it looks like yeah. it's paying dividends right now. And, and I'll also say this, and uh, I'm no scout by any means, but um, so I wouldn't be surprised, you know, number one picks are usually supposed to go on and have great careers, yeah. but Slavkowski is going to be a better two-way player than I would have ever imagined. Um, yeah. You talked about the back check yesterday. That's not the first back check we've seen this mm-hmm. season. This guy is going to be a, a, a 200-foot player who plays on the wing. Now, Yuri Letton was able to do it. Yeah. And Brad Marchand's a great 200-foot player now at this stage of his career as well as a winger. Yeah. But you don't usually see many 200-foot players who are wingers who are that good. Slavkowski is going to be much better two-way player than I ever yeah. thought, I ever imagined. Whatever message you're sending him, or it's just the person he is, but he doesn't seem to be worried about points. Right, he, he wants to become a better player. He wants to understand the game. He wants to be effective. He wants to help the team wins, and he wants to play in every situation. When I'm saying, you don't want to put, you don't want to stop Coalfield. You want to hey, go, go, go over the board, go score some goals. Yeah, you need to be better at this, better than that. But we need you to be a goal scorer. I think on Slavkowski, you don't have the pressure. Pressure is on the other guys to perform. Sooner or later, it's going to come. But do this right, do that right. Protect your puck. Be big in the corners. Finish your hits. Be hard to play against. Know how to play defensively because you are going to become that guy that's probably with Suzuki when the time comes that's going to play 21, 22 minutes in key, key games once you get into the playoffs. And I think that's that's what that's what they're getting. You, you, there's a lot of superstars around the NHL, all offense and all that, and it's good, right? I'm not going to compare them to McDavid. That's at another level. But there are some very good offensive players. Uh, but I think to win, to for him to have a good career, He's going to have to learn to use his body, use his, use his strength. And that's what he's doing right now. Once he learns that, uh, he's going to be tough to stop and the points are going to come. It's just a matter of time before those goals and assists come. So Suzuki scores on the one-timer on the feed by Uri Slavkowski. Caden Gooley scores on a blast off of a rebound. Jordan Harris yeah. scores after Suzu- uh, Slavkowski makes that great play back in his own zone and he's off the other way on the counter. 
uh, on a, uh, a no-look wrist shot. And, uh, and Cole Caulfield, I think it was Montembeau at the end of the game, I believe it was Montembeau who said, like, that fourth goal was really important for us. Right? It gave them, yeah. you know, they, they, you know they, they say the worst lead in hockey is a two-goal lead, but, uh, yeah. you know, a three-goal lead has to be a pretty good lead in hockey. And yeah. the power play, Slavkovsky keeps it in. And once again, from Suzuki to Monahan to, to, to Cole Caulfield, Goal scores are like that, right? When they don't, when it doesn't go in, it doesn't go in, and when it goes in, it goes in for five or six games in a row. Yeah, and it, it was a key goal because, like you said uh, before, when you had a on certain teams, you had a one goal lead, you were done. The game was over twenty years ago with the trap and the way the, the hockey was played and the red line and everything. And then the two goal lead wasn't very safe for a while. Now there's no lead that are safe in the NHL. It's kind of the junior level. Like at the junior level, when I was coaching, you're up four nothing. I was up five nothing one game with seven and. 721 left and we lost in Victoriaville. I'll remember that for the rest of my life. And you try to stop the bleeding. You call a timeout. You do everything and you can't stop it. And we see that at the NHL now, level right now. Montreal was playing really well. They were in control. They were giving up uh, a few shots. That that big, that fourth goal was big, but Dallas kept coming. And I don't like taking the goalie out with six and a half minutes like they did yesterday. But you say, hey, listen, man. We're going to try. Why not? I'm not sure if he's done that before, but some sooner or later, I got, I got the weapons. I got the horse. I'm going to do it. And then that, that uh, fourth goal became very convenient when, when they turned it on and they were able to get two and Montreal was able to hold on. Two or three more things I want to talk to you about very quickly, but Montembeau uh, with a second game in a row, we all know the three goalie system. Um, uh, for a while there, they wanted to see what, what, what Primo could do at the National Hockey League level. Yeah. You probably wanted to uh, see if Allen can increase his value a little bit. And now, once you know, you're five points out of a wild card spot, yeah. like we talked about, Montembeau is the number one reason why you win in Dallas. Mm-hmm. The three goalie system is going to continue. You would, you would think that there's nothing on the horizon just yet, but. Yeah. Does Montembeau's usage change now that they, they're they off a 507-game road trip? They're back at home for a couple of games. They're going to, you know, they're, they're, they're not playing back-to-backs yeah. here. They're going to have ample time off. Do you think we start seeing Montembeau even more? If I'm the coaching staff, I want him in the net because I want to make the playoffs. Uh, we want to win hockey games. Like, we're, we're close. So if I'm the coach, I want Montembeau to play more because he, he deserves it. He earns it. On the management side, what do they know that we don't know? Is there like you obviously you, you did not want to lose Primo, you kept him. You gotta play him, and now you realize okay, Primo can be a backup in the NHL. We never know after that. So we know that now. You get Allen. Well, does he have a value? They know that because they're getting calls or not. Are they getting calls for Allen? So if Allen they're getting calls on him, he needs to play a little bit. And we believe that we got the answer. With Montembeau, that can be a number one. Is he easy? A one plus in the NHL? Maybe not, but I think he can be a very good number one, and he deserves a chance. So, how long can you play those three cards? That's 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 the question. If I'm the coach, I'm pushing. I want Montembeau in the net. If we, we now now we're gonna get some games at home. If we can win some games at home, we can get closer. Never know. Hey, do whatever you have to do upstairs. Trade Savard, trade Monahan, but let me try to make the playoffs with the guys I have on the ice and with the guys I have on the ice. Montembeau is the best goaltender. I don't like the, the three-goalie rotation, but I think at the end of it, the organization's going to get what they wanted out of those three, which is a number one goalie, 
a backup that's a younger backup in Primo, and they're going to get a little something for Allen, but I hope sooner than later. That would put Montembeau in the net. Because I think there's so many teams struggling with goaltending that Allen could go help. But if it hasn't been done yet, uh, is it ever going to be done? All right. Uh, at one point, there was a report. I think it was Dave Pagnota, the fourth period, give or take, probably uh, three weeks ago or whatever it was, yeah. that uh, the Canadians were, were were thinking of talking or were talking extension with Sean Monahan. Mm -hmm. I said I was surprised by that news. As much as yeah. he's a good player, um, I, I said I I was surprised. And and now we're hearing that other reports uh, that uh, you know there are teams that are calling for Sean Monahan, and and I think that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Monahan, who played over 20 minutes yesterday, great pass on the power play, but unfortunately yeah. he finished the night minus three. By the way, yeah. Um, yeah. But Jake Evans, Jake Evans played over 20 minutes. Oh, last I love night. him. Yeah, I like him a lot. I've said I've said that on GC. I think maybe with you once too. He's and I put Ilonen in that category at the time. That was about a month and a half ago. I think the more uh, the, the main thing was Jake Evans, but more of Jake Evans, Montreal is a better team. Jake Evans can be a number th uh, number three center with the Montreal Canadiens, and he can fill in any holes. He could go on the power play. He can kill the pallies. He can help on the second line when somebody goes down. He, he can do everything. He reminds me of Stu Barnes way, way back, where the guy was always on the fourth line but played 18 minutes a night. And I think Jake Evans can be that. If Montreal is ever going to win, ever going to push for the playoffs and have some success, I think he needs to be a key ingredient of that recipe because he can he can play everywhere. And I, you see, you see, so, that's 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 very surprising to me. A guy who's been labeled the fourth liner ever since he broke into the National Hockey League. That's fine. Um, He's only but, getting better. You know, and, and you know what? You've been on this for a while. You've been saying, Tony, yeah. I I really like Jake Evans, yeah. and I think the more they play Evans, the 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 better the better chance that they're going to have of winning hockey games. And I was like, no, I don't want to yeah. see that. But Evans last night plays over 20 minutes. The In a particular role, they need a number two center. You can't need a number two center. But if you do have a number two center that pushes up, that pushes Suzuki, so you have a, a very good duo of center. He can be the third-line center, no problem. You're going to need somebody on the fourth line because then he can pop in and out. Every, or you can keep him on the fourth line. Teams that win the Stanley Cup, I'm not saying Montreal is going to win the next two years, but teams that want to win, that have aspirations, they have very good players on that fourth line that can move up all the time. And and for Monahan, I would do two things. I would I would have my on this side. I would talk to the agent and say, hey, what well, can I get them? Can I can I get them for cheap? Or not? I would probably wouldn't say that. But how about this contract? How about that? And then I would listen to offers. I would do both at the same time. And I think that's what they're doing. But if you sign Monahan. And he can be a compliment on the first line. If that gets to the second line with Slavkovsky, I think that was the plan from day one. It could change, but if you have Slavkovsky and Dak and whoever on that line, and it could be Monahan, or you have Monahan on the top line as a as a not a, a, a price ticket that's in the five, six, seven million, but you have him as 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 a decent price. I think then you start becoming a better team. But what what is that price? Is he going to sign here? Two million a year for three years. <laughs> I would give him that right now. You probably wouldn't take it, but I, I wouldn't mind if they signed Monahan at a decent price. I think it would be a, a wise decision because what are they going to get for him? And if he stays healthy, I think he can bring. Well, we look at him like he's a thirty-six-year-old. If I'm not mistaken, he's only twenty-eight. He's twenty-nine, so, I think. But, twenty-nine. Um, yeah, just turned twenty-nine. Yeah. I, I'm I'm still moving him, but then again, we can agree to disagree and. 
We had different yeah. opinions when you said they got to play Evans more, and you're looking pretty good on that one, Phil. Yeah, I, I don't see too many guys in Laval ready to come up and help on the top six. Uh, that's and we've drafted too. a lot of defensemen lately. So maybe that's how you're going to get your help offensively. You know, Joshua, well, you got to give him some time. But maybe you're going to move a, a young defenseman for, for uh, a tough forward at some point. Phil Boucher, great stuff as always. We'll talk to you soon. Merci beaucoup, mon ami. All right. Take care. Enjoy there you Portugal. Have Merci beaucoup. There you have it. Uh, obrigado. Obrigado. Uh, okay, there you have it. Uh, I was a little bit worried, to tell you the truth. Uh, the Wi-Fi uh, being what it is. I thought it could be unstable and we might lose you. It was uh, crackling there at near the end or in the last uh, couple of minutes or so. So thank you for your patience throughout all that. You are my sick army. You are my sick community. For all of you watching live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, thank you very much for all the engagement. Very, very much appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow night, same time, same place. As a matter of fact, though, it's not going to be with me tomorrow because it's going to be right after the hockey game. But the sick podcast will go tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Eastern, right after the Canadians and the Buffalo Sabres. Once again, special thanks to all of our sponsors, Energy Transportation Group, Labita TB, Playground, and Accent Insurance Solutions. If you liked it tonight, like it, share it with your friends, comment sick, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K, and leave us a five-star review on Apple. It's our way of feeling the love. For Shane Gomo, I'm Master Control. I'm Marinero from Portugal. It is the Sick Podcast. We're all over the world. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground your premier gaming destination.